0: There are many questions on the internet about financial planning and saving for retirement. Many of these questions, financial advisors encounter on a daily basis. Coming up next, we'll cover the most searched financial planning questions, I'm hoping some answers. Welcome in to Sound Path Through Retirement with
1: Ben Koval and Matt Leibarger. Hi there, welcome to the show. This is Sound Path Through Retirement. I am your consumer advocate, Gary Nolan. And here to help you take charge of your money is Ben Koval and Matt Leibarger. They are fiduciaries, which means by law, they have the best interest of their clients. Over 10 years experience, and they specialize in all the things that are on your mind. All you retirees and pre-retirees, you're worried about retirement income, you're worried about wealth accumulation, asset protection, tax minimization. Well, we'll cover it all every week on the show, and that's what you get when you go see a Ben and Matt. Those get a plan for you. Hey, guys, how are we doing today? Morning, Gary. Hey, Gary. All right. Welcome in. It is a uh, Sunday morning. Thank you for joining us here at 97.3 Cairo News Radio. All right. I say it every week, but this show is really good. So we've got a lot of stuff going on here. (laughs) So there are millions of searches online associated with financial planning. Now, we decided to take matters into our own hands and create a list of the top questions being searched online regarding financial advisors. Who do we go to? Well, of course, you got to go to Google and we went to DuckDuckGo. So we're going to start with an easy one, (laughs) but this is one of the most searched topics. What is a financial advisor and what can a financial advisor do for
0: me guys? Sure. So a financial advisor as a basic is meant to help you create and grow your wealth essentially to achieve uh, financial independence or, or to really help you and point you in a direction with where you are currently. So 20 years old, how do I invest in my 401k? How do I put money away for retirement when you're 60 years old how do I now move these monies into my bank account in a way that's making sure I'm not going to run out before you die? So financial advisor is essentially a consultant on the side to help you with the financial elements of the markets and to make sure that you're not going to run out of money and that you save enough. Wish I knew guys, you guys when I was 25. Let me tell you, <laughs> things would have been a lot I different. O- I, <laughs> I
1: can only imagine you at 25. Oh, you, <laughs> oh we yeah. Don't, we don't have time for those stories, nor, nor <laughs> would, we wouldn't be able to tell them on the radio, some of them anyway. Uh, but right. seriously, folks, <laughs> what financial advisor should I use? Kind of a loaded question. Of course, go see you know Ben and Matt. But but fill us in on w- w- what do you get? What do you look for? What are, what should folks look for?
2: Yeah, the key is a single word that I think objectively is the most important word when thinking about a financial advisor, and that word is fiduciary. Um, whoever you see, make sure they are a fiduciary. A, a fiduciary. We talk about it every week on the show. They are somebody who are required by law to only recommend investments and other financial planning options uh, that best suit the client and and their financial well-being. So um, things to look for is, is the company, how's the company registered? Is it a registered investment advisory firm? Uh, That's a fiduciary firm. And then how is the advisor registered? Um, Look for a Series 65 uh, licensure. That is the fiduciary license. Very different than, uh, say, a Series 7 and Series 66. Uh, some will have that. That means they can act as a, a, as a fiduciary, but they can also act as a banker broker. So look for somebody that is legally always required to look out for your best interest. Uh, that would be my advice.
0: Well, I like to go a little step further, too, when it comes to this fiduciary thing. This is important as we at Soundpath operate only as fiduciaries. And so there's a lot of uh, advisors out there who can hold two hats, they can be a banker broker or a fiduciary. Mm -hmm. And there's a really big difference in terms of what they actually offer you or what they can offer you based on what hat they're wearing. And so uh, another kind of uh, secret one sort of that you want to look out for when you're talking to a financial advisor is what are their affiliations? Yeah. So if you're talking to a fiduciary from Fidelity, Gary, what do you think they're going to be offering you?
1: They're going to be offering you all the products that Fidelity uh, sells, okay.
0: obviously. Most right? likely Fidelity yeah, products. Right. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Now th- they don't have to, but that's usually what their go-to is. And so I, I'm a firm believer that if you're talking to a fiduciary, if you're going to be a fiduciary, then that advisor needs to be completely independent from the advice that they're offering.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They need to be able to use everything that's out there and they shouldn't have a horse in the race. They shouldn't have something that they always do or a product that their boss's boss always has you pitch to, the, the client, right? It always has to be independent. And that's that's where the fiduciary conversation comes in, is trying to minimize as many conflicts of interest as possible. Well, a couple of uh, points, you know, and you, you made a really great point. Uh, we like to call
1: it conflict free, and nobody's breathing down your neck to have you sell certain products that the, that somebody's pushing, and uh, you know, your boss. That's, that's not what you do. And independent, the independent word is vitally important too. And by the way, you go to brokercheck, you go to brokercheck.com, you get information on the broker that you're uh, looking into. I want to take a moment to remind everybody thank you for joining us. This is Sound Path Through Retirement. I'm your consumer advocate, Gary Nolan. With me, Ben Koval, Matt Liebarger, with us every week at this time. I want to give you the phone number so you get on the calendar. It is 877 249 6900. 877 249 6900. And we're going over those Google searches and those DuckDuckGo searches. And uh, these are some of the biggest when it comes to uh, financial advisors. What do I need to bring with me when meeting with a financial advisor?
0: Yeah, so first off, bring, bring your spouse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very important. If you, if you have a spouse, make sure you bring whoever going to be important enough to, to go through this decision process with you. Uh, if you're single, then that's fine too. You know, if you want to bring your friend or your son or daughter, whatever, whatever makes you most comfortable. But make sure that at least the main decision makers are going to be there. Also, you know, I could speak to SoundPath every time before our first meeting, we send clients a questionnaire. So most advisors send some level of questionnaire and it's going to be real basic, you know, 10 minutes usually that takes you to fill out and it helps give that advisor a good understanding of where you are before that meeting. So they can use the most of that time. Outside of that, come in with questions. You know, the advisor is going to go through what they do, how they typically help. They'll talk a bit about you, but this is the time for you to really figure out, okay, what do I need to be looking at and how does this advisor potentially help? So Questions are gonna be a key thing as well.
1: Yeah, and kind of a get to know uh, uh a meeting for the first time and feeling each other out, see if you guys are comfortable with each other or you feel like it's like it's gonna work, correct? Yeah, absolutely. All right. How should I pay uh to uh how much should I pay uh to meet with a financial advisor? That's a big question. People have no idea what fees are and commissions and all that. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you know, and, and that's kind of a two part question. Uh, initial upfront, maybe I'll cover that and let Ben cover some uh, on you know ongoing uh, fee advice. But let me start with upfront. A lot of people think when they first come to sit down and meet with me, they ask how much does it cost just to sit down and and kind of kind of feel each other out. And I say I say nothing. Uh, in your initial search process, you shouldn't be paying to sit down. And ask what an advisor can do for you, see if you both click and you're on the same page. There has to be a symbiotic relationship there. So basically, you are, in essence, interviewing these advisors, and and they should be willing to meet with you to discuss their qualifications, answer your initial questions, and kind of explain really how the long-term compensation would go. So just I'll, I'll cover up front, Ben, and just say they shouldn't be paying anything up front when they're interviewing.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. There's not even something that you know you want when you meet with that advisor. So paying for that seems a bit.
2: Yeah, there there are many people that I meet with and their plan's fine. They're doing well. I don't even know if there's anything I can do to help them
0: before I ever meet with them. Well, that risk should never be on you as the client. It should always be on the advisor to show that they have something of value to offer you. Yeah. And then at that point, you can make a decision on on whether you want to pay fees or not. And then when it comes to the ongoing fees, there's a, a handful of ways that an advisor can get paid. One of the most common ways, and I've talked about this in the show because it it is one of my biggest pet peeves, is a percent management fee. The 1% rule. Yeah, the 1%, (laughs) right? One, one and a half percent type of thing. And so I'm going to recount a commercial that's out there right now. (laughs) I'm not going to say who the company is. I'm sure many people listening know who it is, but it's a a commercial with a well-manicured guy in a suit sitting behind a table. And he's looking at the camera saying, you know, we are true fiduciaries to our clients. Because we don't get paid more until our clients get more. Yep. There's a new commercial with the gal saying the same thing. Yep. I'm just saying. Right? Well, well, yep. yeah, equal opportunity. Yep. Now, that <laughs> drives me absolutely crazy. And I want to throw my remote at the TV every time I see it. I mean, here's here's the thing. Me as a financial advisor, can I make the market go up? I've tried that. I've, it does, doesn't work, right? Yeah. Seances, all that stuff. And none of it works.
2: <laughs> it's, it's, it's Sunday morning. That was my prayer <laughs> request yeah, yeah. at church.
0: Didn't work. Huh? Didn't work, guys. Is you can dictate when markets go up. and down? No. So it is absolutely absurd to me that a financial advisor will get paid more money simply because the market went up. That makes no sense. Why in the world should they get a pay raise? Anyway, so a percent management guy, and and really you're going to be paying more because you have more. If you have a million dollars, you're paying 1%. If your neighbor has $10,000, they're paying 1%. You're paying significantly more for the same advice. And it doesn't take much more effort to manage a million dollar account than a $10,000 account. So anyway, that's one way that, that advisors can get paid. A second way is going to be on a, an hourly rate or a project base. That's how we at SoundPath get paid. Essentially laying down what are we expected to do? How many hours is that going to take? And then we, we structure our, uh, our fee around that. And then the third way might be commissions, placement fees, um, SPIS, that type of thing. Those ones typically aren't paid from the client. It's paid through the investments that they end up placing for you. And that's not necessarily bad, but it should never be secret. Mm -hmm. It should always be completely disclosed. And really what this comes down to is that financial advisors, honestly, they need to have uh, clear, concise answers for you as the client. And a lot of times if you've met with financial advisors talking about tax strategies or whatever, the answers can sometimes be lacking. (laughs) And a lot of times I find it because advisors like to position investments before they go through your goals and, and what you're trying to achieve. There are better answers out there. During these, seven, these radio shows, we always leave 10 slots open for clients to come in for a, f- a completely complimentary meeting where we can go through these better answers. Do you even need a financial advisor? What type of fee should you be looking at? Uh, what's your goal for retirement? How can we save? How can we structure? And how can it be safe? Now, our plans typically work best for clients that have over a, a million dollars, but we never turn anyone away who wants to sit down and really look through this. So for the next 10 appointment spots that we've got open, call in. Let's get down, completely complimentary meeting, and go through this for you specifically.
1: Our goal at the show here is to help you make the best decision. So if you have any questions about what we're talking about or how it may apply to your own situation, just call 877-249-6900. 877-249-6900. The folks at SoundPath Retirement Strategies are standing by ready to talk to you. You deserve a safe, secure retirement Peace of mind and stress-free go meet with ben and matt no cost no obligation 877-249-6900 we are going to take a short break back with more with ben and matt and sound path for retirement in just a moment what's coming up next guys just because you turn 65 doesn't mean
2: you have to retire when we come back we'll give some reasons why that statement is true
1: Welcome back to the show. This is Sound Path through Retirement. I'm your consumer advocate, Gary Nolan. And here to help you take charge of your money, Ben Koval Matt Liebarger with us every week at this time. Thank you for joining us on Sunday morning at 97.3 Cairo News Radio. We got our coffee. We're all caffeinated. We're ready to go here and uh, tackle the second segment of the show. Now, it used to be you turned 65. You signed up for your pension. You got your gold watch. And off your road into the sunset. It is no longer the magic number. In fact, many are retiring sooner then and just as many are waiting we got some reasons to help you uh decide let's see usually uh i didn't get the gold watch or anything i got escorted out the door so,
0: you know, <laughs> that's a different with, situation a, gary a,
1: a box of stuff from my desk and say see ya so anyway yeah, but it, yeah. if
2: your company had a retirement party for you after you left, yes ran, exactly that's a problem. <laughs> I said,
1: thank god he's out of here <laughs> all right so here it is here's one of the, let's go through some of these uh you've reached your savings goal.
2: yeah and, and that's that's really a key one here. Um, you know, for some people, early retirement is an option simply because they've saved well for retirement. They've worked to meet their financial goals. Uh, they're ready to not see their boss anymore, right? Uh, you know, and if you're listening and you've done that, if you put in the hard work and you have what you need to be saved for retirement, then don't feel obligated to stick around. Uh, ben and I always say when the when the income works, when you, when you can look at the number that you can pull for income in retirement and it works, then unless you're in love with your job, retire, retire, have some fun. Well, And
0: and what's key here is that it's not necessarily about a specific number. So when we're saying you've reached your savings goal, I've had some clients come in to me and say, Hey, I have a million dollars. I can retire. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, 30 years ago, a million dollars was the the magic number. Mm -hmm. Not now. You you haven't saved enough yet.
2: So r- really, it's the income goal is yes. is what we're
1: talking about, right? Like, find the number that works yeah. and look for that number. Right. And, and when you have that, you know, I've said this in the past, walk out the door, give your one finger salute and go see you later. <laughs> right? And you're done. <laughs> you're done. Okay. Uh, you need economic
0: stability. Yeah. Uh, so many people, they hit 65, think Social Security is going to be enough to meet their financial needs for the rest of their life. Now, sometimes that is the case. Many times it's not. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people continue working beyond 65 because they need the economic stability that 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 working would end up providing. So, uh, again, this all comes back down to the savings element. If we saved enough, then that savings or those investments end up replacing that earned working income and that economic stability can still happen. Now, it can't happen very easily if you're doing arbitrary percent management rules. You know, if you're saying I'm going to draw 4% from my assets every year and see, you know, cross our fingers, hope for the best, that that doesn't work very well, uh, especially during high inflationary times. So uh, you'll need to look at how that stability can translate from your overall investments. And essentially, you want to ladder in your income with protected principled accounts as well. So, yeah, the economic stability gets replaced by those investments as long as you have it structured and invested in the correct way.
1: Yeah. And for the most part, I see that social security generally only covers maybe 40 to 60 percent of your working income. So obviously that's a big part of the plan when you put it together and talk to Ben and uh, Matt. All right. Working longer is good for your health. That's why I'm still here. I'm really healthy now and I feel great. I might have another donut while you guys are talking. But but yeah, Uh, yeah, working longer is good for your health.
2: (laughs) If you take the last maple bar, we're going to have a fight. I'm just saying. You Uh, you know, this is something that surprises a lot of people to hear. But and and let me just say, this isn't true for everyone. (laughs) Some people, the stress of your job, you just need to, you know, when you can leave, leave. But for many people, those who work at least a part-time job during retirement, a study show they tend to be healthier. Uh, They have fewer major diseases, and often it's, it's probably due to them remaining both physically and cognitively active later in life. So um, you know, social interaction is 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 good for us, too. So for some people, working longer is actually uh, good for their health.
0: yeah, but absolutely. usually it's going to be different working.
2: Uh, it, yeah
0: uh, what I typically find is so I have uh, you know there there's someone that I know very close who ended up having an issue when it came to health and working. Okay. They were working in a very higher stress job, and this this individual, brilliant. Mm -hmm. very smart, very active, always wants to be, uh, you know, useful and at the top of their game. And so they were working and getting close to 70 and just, just liked working, ended up having uh, consistent headaches that just won't go away. And so it went and they did, you know, CT scans, all of these things trying to figure out, well, what's, what's really going on here. And eventually, the neurologist came in and said, you have too much stress, you're stressed out, Yeah, you have way too much stress, you need to lower that stress. So he ended up quitting his job, Mm -hmm. and is, you know, trying to figure out what this new less stressed life would look like. And so a lot of times working is still good for your health. And I imagine that he's still going to work. It's just not going to be in that high stress deadline oriented environment, it might be more things that he actually enjoys. Yeah, do things that fill you up, not drain you, right? Right. And maybe that's teaching, maybe that's volunteering, maybe, you know, whatever it might be. And Mm -hmm. that's fine. So, uh, again, the other side is that a lot of people think that retirement is I'm sitting on my couch, watching Wheel of Fortune eating Cinnabons. Is Which not? you know, well, Gary. Yeah, well, that's know, me. Yeah, that's yeah. that's different. <laughs> that's but, my goal, <laughs> uh, and that might be your goal, and that's that's perfectly fine. But most times, it is still an act, an active retirement. There's still things happening for the first handful of years. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, still still keep yourself busy, still work, but maybe dial back the stress as much as you can. Because right, let me get, get the no idea. How yeah, let me have.
1: get the cinnabon out of my mouth and remind everybody: uh, this is a Sound <laughs> Path through Retirement. I'm Gary Nolan, your consumer advocate. With me, Ben Koval, Matt Liebarger. With us every week at this time on 97.3 Cairo News Radio. I want to give you the phone number. You can get on their calendar. No cost, no obligation meeting. What are you waiting for? 877-249-6900. 877-249-6900. Nothing changes until you make that phone call. And believe me, it'll be well worth it. All right, a few more minutes left to go. Uh, your full retirement age could be older. They've been pushing this out, haven't they?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, my kid's full retirement age is going to be 90 or something like that (laughs) as they're trying to figure out this big issue they've got with Social Security. And so uh, Social Security can have max out, quote unquote, or full retirement age up to 67. Uh, Now, at 70 is where you get the top level of benefit. After 70, it doesn't increase at all. And so, when it takes Social Security, a lot of times will dictate what retirement might be as well for some clients, because that full retirement age number is also important because that's the age you can draw Social Security and work and not be penalized. Yeah. If you draw Social Security earlier than that, then you'll be penalized on your Social Security check until you stop working.
1: So, right now, so full, that might be. Yeah.
0: The full retirement age for those born after 1960 is
1: 67, is, am, I, am I right?
0: Yeah. Right. And so,
1: they'll probably push that
0: out even further down the road, I would think, maybe, huh? Very likely. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about when Social Security first came around, you know, it was full retirement age, but life expectancy was three years later. And so it was real short term <laughs> to cover you in later years. Now, full retirement age, once you hit age sixty five, your full or your life expectancy rather is eighty five. Mm-hmm. Eighty four for men, eighty six for women. So yeah, we're living a lot longer. And it's likely that we're going to see Social Security full retirement age pushing out. But either way, that might be a determination on your retirement, but that shouldn't be the only one. That shouldn't be the only factor involved. Because as a vacuum, as you've said earlier, Social Security is not going to cover the entirety of your retirement. So make sure that you're you're making good choices on how that plays a role into when you actually walk out the door. All right. You know, one, and, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry.
2: Sorry.
1: Go ahead. Oh, no, no. Go ahead, Gary. <laughs> I was going to say uh, one more before we get to the break. A smaller check is uh, good enough for you. Yeah. You know, if you have saved for retirement
2: uh, and you've done well up to now and you built up your nest egg, you know, you may not have to worry about your full retirement age. You might be OK with retiring early and just kind of taking a smaller paycheck and budgeting how you live. Um, you know, we're talking about Social Security. You can draw as early as sixty two you're not going to receive as much money as if you waited till your full retirement age or even to age 70. But if you got enough tucked away, it's something we can discuss. And, and that's, that's one of the things that we discuss every time we sit down together. So as Ben said, last segment, we always leave 10 spots open uh, for our listeners every week. And uh, you know, it's something, come on in, sit down with us. If you call now and you sit down, doesn't cost you a thing. We have very straight talk and we'll sit down and discuss your, your plans, your hopes, your fears, your future, uh, if you call now, we're going to also give you a, cop- a copy of Ben's book uh, on retirement. It's uh, it's something that's really going to give you an insight into how we think at SoundPath.
1: So give us a call. We look forward to seeing you. All right. The number is 877-6900. Just as Matt said, no cost, no obligation. Get a better handle on your financial situation. Find out what your investments are really costing you because of high fees or commissions, what future tax implications will be and how much income you can securely generate from that once you do move into retirement. You deserve a safe, secure, stress-free retirement. 877-249-6900. One more time, 877-249-6900. The folks at Sound Path Retirement Strategies are standing by. Get on the calendar. Go see Ben and Matt. Have a great conversation. And you'll off to do a great start heading down that road to retirement. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break back with more of Sound Path for Retirement with Ben and Matt. In just a moment, what's coming up next? So,
0: we're going to be shifting some gears from saving for retirement to spending in retirement. It can be difficult. We'll talk about it when we come back.
1: Welcome back to the show. This is SoundPath Retirement. I'm your consumer advocate, Gary Nolan. Here to help you take charge of your money is Ben Koval, Matt Liebarger. they with us every week at this time on 97.3 Cairo News Radio, and they're with SoundPath Retirement Strategies. By the way, over 10 years experience, and we talked about this, how important it is that they are a fiduciary, which means by law, they have to have the best interests of their clients. And if you're retiring or thinking about retiring, well, anything you need to know, they will provide it for you things like income strategies, wealth accumulation, asset protection, life insurance and so much more all right we're finishing up our cinnabuns and we're ready to go <laughs> okay accumulation versus deaccumulation savings versus spending To we'll take a look at how you can get ready for the decumulation phase and of course it leads to spending and yeah thats that's okay here's some things to consider when planning for uh, deaccumulation
0: why don't you guys go through these for me Yeah. So the first one is just getting yourself to turn the corner mentally. You know, the problem is that I'll say, I'll say problem. It's not overly a problem, but clients will spend decades saving.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So if you end up being meticulous in how much you're spending, you end up being very specific on your savings goal and you work towards getting this nest egg up as high as possible. It is a real difficult mental shift to now think about spending it. You spent so long to get that up there. Now, it's okay to spend your money in retirement. I mean, you've been saving for decades for a specific day. And at retirement, that's that day. Yeah. And it's not reckless. As long as you know how much you're drawing and how it's going to structure all the way through your retirement until life expectancy, age 100, wherever you're planning towards. So if you can end up structuring a plan that makes sense on that decumulation, then it makes it a lot Easier mentally to shift into that mode. Now, it also doesn't mean that you have to spend down. A lot of times clients say, Well, I want to make sure that I have X amount left over. Someone's going to kids. So your plan might actually involve less on the decumulation side and a hybrid on both accumulation and accumulation, but it all depends on your income goal. You know, I had a client come in last week who was saying look I really want to retire I don't want to be working anymore it's it's too high stress whatever the case is they had saved about a million dollars or so and they wanted to draw you know the equivalent of $150,000, 200,000 dollars a year from that million dollars and not run out before they die at you know they're 59 years old and so well that that's going to be that's going to be difficult yeah that's going to be a, a tough one to do so you also need to have realistic expectations on what this decumulation will look like in your overall asset base and then have that plan around how it structures and i think it you need
1: to uh document your spending and and you know build that real budget we don't nobody likes that budget word oh. but yeah you got to you got to plan for that right oh 100% gary you know there
2: it's, it's interesting to me. Uh, I've had people sit down and they talk about how they've taught their kids how to budget. You know, they're coming you know, out of high school and the college, they've taught them how to budget, but the parents have done so well in life and they're going into retirement, making such great money. They stopped budgeting themselves long ago because they make more than they could possibly spend in a month. And we kind of sit down and say, okay, mom and dad, let's go back to teaching you what you taught your kids. Let's get back to making a budget because when you retire, let's let's actually see what you need uh, and what you want to live on let's see what all your expenses are now and uh because that's the very first place that we start we start with income planning and so yep it's back to the drawing board if you've been making uh more money than you knew what to do with uh you need to sit down and start creating that budget and i
1: say five to ten years leading into retirement we start looking uh at the stuff and one of the things too and this is kind of a non-financial statement but it makes sense simplify your life. Cause you want to, you don't want to go crazy. I want to simplify things. Am I right?
0: Well, this goes back to what we talked about last segment, talking about um, what retirement means to you. So simplifying your life doesn't mean that you're doing nothing. It doesn't mean that you are, you know, in rags eating ramen. When we say simplify your life, we mean boil it down to what's most important to you. What are you really wanting to do Is it travel? Is it family? Is it, you know, babysitting? Is it volunteer work? whatever it is, simplify it down to what those goals end up looking like. And then use your efforts, use your time, use your money to further what those goals are. Uh, And and that's where you can get really kind of focused, um, fun, focused enjoyment is by getting that more simple look than when, you know, you're out working, you know, right now, I've got four kids, four boys, uh, under the age of thirteen. Actually, my oldest just turned thirteen. Oh, I
2: feel so bad for you. I wife. Do so, too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> even our dog's a boy, so my wife is very much outnumbered. <laughs> but you know, he's playing club soccer. We've got uh, baseball starting up. We've got you know, soccer all throughout the year, and so our Saturdays are filled with about four or sometimes five hours of sport games. And I'm always coaching one of the teams, so we are just constantly moving. And so there's times where my wife and I look at each other and go, well, it will be nice when we simplify down. I know I'll miss it. I'll miss it a lot, but it also will be nice to have a little more simpler view of, yeah. of what life is. But that's, that's what retirement ends up becoming.
2: This is relationship counseling from Ben Koval. <laughs> uh, simplifying your life means getting your children out of the house. Yes. I hope everyone.
1: <laughs> when they start, when they start driving. Oh boy. That's a whole nother thing. I We'll talk about that off the show sometime. Uh, by the way, this is sound path to retirement. I'm your consumer advocate, Gary Nolan. With me, Ben Koval, Matt Leibarger with us every week at this time on 97.3 Cairo News Radio. And if you want to give Ben and Matt some uh, family advice, let me give you the phone number. Please. It's 877 249 877-249-6900, or maybe you're, you know, a travel agent and you want to give Ben and Matt some advice to, you know, get out it, get, get going somewhere. <laughs> All right, uh we but they're all serious now. uh turn on lifetime income. that's the next step
2: yeah so so this is you know i I always speak about social security and pensions and you know and kind of timing on that when when do you claim social security and, and things like this? you know um we, we talked about it a little bit on the last segment, but you you know, you can claim social security as early as sixty two you can wait till full retirement age, which is going to be between sixty six and sixty seven depending on what year you're born. Or go up to age 70 and get the most for it. Uh, one thing that I have a conversation with everyone that comes in, and sometimes uh, this it seems to be news to some people, and that's okay. Uh, that's that's why we're here to educate. But spousal benefits. I want to talk about spousal benefits for a second. If you've been married for at least one year and you're currently married, you know your spouse, even if they've never worked a day in their life, uh, they can receive, uh, when they're at full retirement age, they could receive up to 50% of your social security benefit as their own. And that does not detract from yours. Uh, In fact, if you were also married for 10 years and you're divorced now, you can look into that uh, from your ex spouse as well. But these are things where if there's a certain percentage, well, when you choose to take retirement, whether you do it at 62 full retirement age or 70, well, that amount is going to affect your spousal benefit as well. So these are all part of the holistic planning of when you start, those lifetime income
0: benefits. Well, one thing to keep in mind, and actually two things to keep in mind is first, spousal benefit maxes out at your full retirement age. Yep. So you delaying until 70 doesn't mean that they get half of your 70 number. They get half of your full retirement full age retirement number. Age. And the second is that lifetime incomes like Social Security and pensions are forced taxable events. So once you start them, you're going to get taxed on. Them. So make sure that you build your tax strategy around when you're doing this as well. Don't look at it as a vacuum. And look at it holistically Holistic. in your overall investments as well, and that's the that's the last one is setting up your investments right. So you have your lifetime income stabilizing your overall income from a, from a you know guaranteed forced basis. Your investments are then supplementing, and you want to make sure that they're stable in consistency in the short term. Uh, that's going to be a big, that's uh, well, usually a big hole for clients when you end up working and you are accumulating. You'll have target date funds or you'll have stock bond mixtures, right? But once you get towards retirement, you need to start pulling back on some of those exposures and actually moving away into better earning fixed vehicles. So um, ladders, ladder of principal protected accounts. It might be CDs, it might be treasuries. I mean, right now you can get two-year treasuries at insane rates and two-year CDs. Now, even money market accounts are earning great percentages. So you want to build out your income in supplementing from the investments in those time horizons to make sure that you are allowing your risk account or your stock money to be able to rise, fall, do whatever it needs to do without compromising it by drawing it directly as income. Yeah.
1: All right, time for, let's see, let are going to squeeze one or two more in here. Uh, set up a plan and process for monitoring your assets.
0: Yeah, the, the plan is going to be key. You don't want to be guessing yourself through retirement, and that's where people can run into some issues, especially if you look at like 2000 to 2010. Uh, One of the most prevalent ways that clients end up structuring their retirement was this 4% rule. And I've talked about this a lot. I don't like it. It's guesswork. But the issue with the 4% rule is that it looks at too long of a time horizon. You know, look at 30 years and say if the market averages, you know, 6% per year over 30 years, you're fine. But if you look at 2000 to 2010, how many gray-haired folks did we have come back in the workforce in 2009? A lot. A lot of them. Bank tellers, Home Depot greeters, fast food, because they took the 2000 hit. They took the 2008 hit, and now they were terrified they were never going to be able to recover while still drawing 4% from those asset bases every year. We're starting to see similar fears come in from like last year, where we had stocks all lost money, bond funds all lost money, and we had inflation skyrocketing, eroding your overall principal. And and that's really where I I tend to find a lot of the holes in financial advising from one-size-fits-all advisors. Meaning if you have an advisor that manages a 20-year-old's accounts and an advisor that also manages the 70-year-old accounts, they're trying to do one-size-fits-all for every age group. And I firmly believe that's not efficient. That's not the best way to do it. We at Soundpath are retirement-only fiduciaries. We only talk to clients who are either retired or within 10 years of retirement. And it's because the game fundamentally changes once you get there. You need to be spec- a lot more specific on your tax strategy. You need to be a lot more detailed on your investment advice. And so we always leave those 10 slots open for these radio shows for people to call in for a completely complimentary meeting where we can sit down and go through your specific situation. What are your concerns? Where are your holes? Where are there problems in your current investment strategy as you enter into retirement and how can you fill a completely objective view? We don't have a horse in the race and we don't have a burning need to consolidate all the assets to where we're managing it. We only charge for the amount of work that we do on an hourly rate. Now, in this meeting, we'll be able to look at what a rebalanced portfolio will look like between risky and safe investments, help you avoid costly tax mistakes. And again, this is the biggest hole I see with clients is that taxes were not adequately addressed. And then last, help to maximize your Social Security pensions, that type of thing. And how do we create holistic views? Now, if you do come in, we'll give you a copy of my book, The Little Book of Big Answers for Retirement Planning Success, a book I wrote specifically to help retirees answer very basic questions, talking about what is a financial advisor, why is a fiduciary important, all of that is a thank you for coming in. All right, Ben, thank you so much. 877 249
1: 249 6900 The first step is to sit down with a financial coach. If something we've been talking about resonates with you, you feel the need to get that second opinion, I want to make sure your plan is really aligned with your goals and your risk tolerance. All the things we talk about, make sure you pick up the phone and get a hold of Ben and Matt at SoundPath Retirement Strategies. Get on the calendar, 877-249-6900. 877-249-6900. As I said before, you deserve a safe, secure stress free retirement and nothing changes to you pick up the phone All six nine zero zero all right guys we're gonna take a short break be back with more with ben and matt Down path to retirement in just a moment what is coming up next
2: when we return we'll jump into some questions from listeners
1: welcome back to the show this is sound path through retirement i am your consumer advocate gary nolan and they're back with us to help you take charge of your money on this sunday morning ben koble matt Liebarger, and they're with sound path retirement strategies if you're just joining us on 97.3 cairo news radio well thank you for being here next time get here a little earlier because you missed a good part of the show okay um, just <laughs> a little lecture here i don't mean to be mean all right, but, but seriously, uh, all the things we talk about on the show have a great deal of importance to retirees and pre-retirees, and the folks at SoundPath Retirement Strategies, Ben and Matt and his team specialize in retirement income strategies, wealth accumulation, asset protection, and very importantly, we mentioned this earlier, they are both fiduciaries, which means by law, they have to the, have the best interests of their clients, a very important distinction when you're looking for a financial advisor. All right. Ben and Matt's favorite part of the show. We put them on a hot seat here and get to answer some questions from our listeners. Thank you so much for uh, writing and emailing in. All right, Ben, in Redmond, my employer just cut our 401k company match. They used to match 100% of our first 6%, and now they're contributing absolutely nothing. I keep telling my wife that if they're not going to match, we shouldn't put the money in it. Uh, Can you help me explain this to her and uh, why? What do you think?
2: Uh, this is where we put the uh marriage counseling hat back on. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> you know, Ben, that's a great question. I uh I'm gonna uh help explain why and why not. So let's uh let's walk that counseling fine line. Um oh, first of all, it it it's great when your company matches your 401k. And and when they stop that, it it you know it can very much frustrate us. Uh but the idea of taking it completely out, eh, I, I would not uh necessarily advise that. So I assume you're looking at possibly doing an IRA instead of a 401k. What what I would say is, yeah, there's you know, really depending on your age, fund as much as you can. So if you do an IRA, you're limited to sixty five hundred dollars a year, um, maybe a thousand extra depending on your age. But if you're putting away more than that, you need to continue to contribute to your 401k as well. You know, you got some tax benefits for that, and uh, so I, I wouldn't say pull completely out. Uh, definitely look at perhaps uh, adding a 401k, but don't get so ticked at your company that you just throw up your hands <laughs> and walk away completely because 401ks don't limit you at the
0: $6,500 a year. So they can be very beneficial and yeah. typically yeah. lower fees. So yeah. it's probably going to be a combination of things.
1: Yeah. And I can see both sides because with, with the, with the 401k, you can invest up to, you know, 30,000. And with the, uh, you know, with the IRA, it's it's only 7,500 if you're over, over fifty. Uh but the IRA has a lot more uh choices. So it's a right. It's yep. a it's kind of a toss up there if I I guess you need to be careful on both sides, right guys? Yeah, just don't stop saving. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. Don't just have this be the reason why you're no longer saving to retirement. All yeah. right. Thank you, Ben. Uh Kenneth and Kirkland, would a reverse rollover from an IRA to a four oh one K help lower fees?
0: Well, uh maybe. Maybe. So reverse rollover is where you take money from an IRA that you've been saving or from a previous employer's rollover and you roll it back into your current employer's 401k. Um, Not all employers allow you to do this. Uh, Some of them do, some of them don't. And whether you want to or not really depends on what your overall goals are. Generally speaking, when you put the money from the IRA into the 401k, you lose um, control in a lot of ways. Now, you can only invest in what the 401k says you can invest, and so most of the movement is people want to move from 401ks to IRAs, not the reverse. Now, the benefit of going from the IRA to the 401k is first consolidation, and so you'll have all of your accounts in one vehicle. Second, is it's typically lower fees if you're going into 401k. Generally speaking, depending on your investments in the IRA, so will it lower your fees? potentially, but you can get pretty low fees in the IRA. And I would say that it's probably more beneficial for you to keep the flexibility of the IRA, as opposed to lumping it back into the 401k.
1: And and anytime you do a rollover, just to remind our listeners, it's not a taxable event. You're not
0: taking a distribution, correct? Correct. Yeah. You're just moving it from one IRA to another IRA. And so it's like to like. All right, here we go. All right. Marilyn Everett.
1: My husband is 57 and aiming to retire at 65. His main IRA was with a big box chain, has about three hundred thirty thousand dollars. After listening to your show, I figured I would take what I've learned and check out the stock slash bond ratio. And uh, Marilyn said I almost fell out of my chair. Eighty six percent in stocks. Should we rebalance with more bonds? We also have a four hundred one k with one hundred fifty thousand dollars. What do you think?
2: Yeah, good good question, Marilyn, and, and and thanks for listening to the show. Um, you know, you are at that age where you do want to look at rebalancing. I think that's wise. You're you know, your husband is, you know, within that 10 year window of retiring. So you you want to look at that stock to bond ratio. The key is as you get, you know, five to 10 years from retirement, you get closer, you want to go from less risk and, you know, and more, more secure. Right. So, so looking at, uh, at that ratio is important. Sit down though with an advisor, you know, come see Ben, come see myself, uh, find an advisor you trust. Because I can't just give you a percentage over the air. Uh, stocks are interesting right now. Uh, bonds are interesting right now, with uh, with it, with the uh, interest rate going up, and the market's interesting. So, sit down with someone. Let's take a look at your portfolio. See where you're overly at risk, and and let's put together a a, a better balanced uh,
1: portfolio for your husband.
0: Very likely, eighty six percent is too high. With, yeah, with what you're trying to do.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That is definitely um uh, without diving into the numbers and. The information we have from the question but sounds like there's too much exposure there right yeah yeah for for being eight years out from retirement right this is sound path to retirement i'm your consumer advocate gary nolan with me like they are every week at this time ben koval matt Liebarger, and they are fiduciaries over 10 years experience and if you're listening we thank you for joining us on a sunday morning at 97.3 cairo news radio and by the way, the folks at Sound Path Retirement Strategies deal with anything and everything that are on your mind, your retirees or pre-retirees, maybe you're in that red zone. We talk about this a lot, retirement income strategies, wealth accumulation, asset protection, long-term care strategies, tax minimization, all the things we talk about each week on the show. And if you don't have a plan, you've been thinking about it, you've been putting it off, get to the phone right now, 877-249-6900, 877 877-249- 249 6,900. You deserve a safe, secure retirement. And the first step is to sit down with Ben and Matt. No cost, no obligation. And they'll lay it all out for you. Take as much time as you need. All right. We're going through some questions from our listeners. All right. Let's see what we have next here. This is Phyllis in Bremerton. I turned 54, began looking into long term care insurance. I did a preliminary search online, and I was surprised to find out how much LTC insurance can cost. Now, on the other hand, the thought of needing care and throwing my family into financial turmoil as a result turns my stomach. Now I know a lot of people my age, near retirement, that don't have it. Is there a general rule of thumb when uh, to use that might help me decide? Yes, we know it is very expensive, but you also, uh, you know, I mean, it could totally wipe out your retirement savings just a you know couple of weeks in the hospital. Am I right?
0: Well, and yeah, insurance is. Uh- You essentially want to insure yourself from catastrophic loss. So when it comes to financial planning, you know, there's five areas that you always want to cover when you're sitting down with a financial advisor. You want to talk income planning first, tax planning second, insurance planning third, and then there's estate planning, investment planning. But insurance planning is talking about long-term care. What's the risk you have here? What's the exposure and what's the catastrophic loss that you need to insure against? Now, generally speaking, long-term care is the risk that one spouse is going to bankrupt another spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, Phyllis, you didn't mention here if you're married or not, but that would be the number one risk is that one of you gets diagnosed with Alzheimer's or whatever the case is. And now all of your assets have depleted, you've bankrupt them and they can't live anymore. Now, if you're single, then the risk is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the burden for the kids is going to be depending on really how comfortable you are with Medicaid as the potential, if all else fails, I don't generally like long-term care insurance uh I could of course provide it to clients who actually want it but I'm not a huge fan I'm especially not a huge fan of the state ran long term care insurance uh that one is a is a joke uh but when it comes to long term care if you can afford a long term care insurance policy you probably don't need it and if you can't if if you need it you you just can't afford it can't typically afford it. so it doesn't fit great in a lot of people's portfolios because again this catastrophic loss can be covered elsewhere through proper investments, through, um, you know, intelligent inflation protections and and other assets. It's very common for, let's say there's a couple, and one of them is diagnosed with Alzheimer's. It's going to be relatively expensive. You know, Morningstar did a study in this in 2020, talking about what's the the average cost and length and all that. And a healthy body and Alzheimer's is the most expensive. Your Mm -hmm. mind's going to deteriorate a bit, but your body's healthy. So you're going to be lasting a while. And that cost is roughly $300,000, $350,000. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily the risk that some clients think where it's a million dollars that could, well, not, not usually. I mean, a memory unit can be ten dollars to $12,000 a month, maybe even higher. But when you're at that stage, you need round-the-clock care. That's not the beginning point of the diagnosis. That's the end point of the diagnosis. So if you're looking at how we cover three three $350,000, a traditional long-term care insurance policy is one option. And for some clients, it's, if nothing else, peace of mind, knowing that you have that Um, part of the issues with these policies, though, is that it's a manual process when they end up uh, when you get sent into a facility, meaning that they will audit and you'll have gaps in coverage where somebody has to go and call the insurance company and figure out what's happening and why it was changed, why it was audited and essentially boiling down. If you are a single individual and you get diagnosed with Alzheimer's, you are likely not going to have the mental capacity to fight this insurance company in that way. Yeah, you need somebody to be your advocate on your side. Which is typically kids. Yeah. uh, Because it's their inheritance that will end up getting used. But there's far too often that I see a client had long-term care insurance, but that they never used it because the kids never knew about it. So um, there are more specific ways that you might be able to cover against long-term care, but that would have to be a, a meeting where we sit down and really cover what the pros and cons of each option would be.
2: Yeah. Well, and, and I think now's a good time to open up the phone lines. If if what we've been talking about this week has struck a chord and you want to be certain that you're on the right path uh, you know, with your own plan, give us a call. We always keep 10 sp- slots open. I don't know how many are left uh, so far, but we te- keep 10 slots open every week for our radio listeners to uh, come and sit down with us. Um, you know, generally our plans work best for people, you know, in the million dollar plus range, but we never turn anyone down if you call in for listening to the show. So we'll sit down and we'll make sure that uh, you can make the best decisions for yourself moving forward. You know, throughout, throughout our time serving our community, a few things that uh, we found that a lot of folks uh, really don't have a true understanding of three main things. They don't know how much they're paying in fees and commissions currently. They don't know how much unnecessary risk they're taking with their nest egg. And they don't understand the tax implications of the retirement savings. So, again, for the next 10 callers, uh, we'll sit down with you. We'll help you understand how these issues uh, are impacting you. And uh, we'll try to answer questions that maybe you didn't even know you had yet. If you call now, we're going to give you a copy of Bing Kobal's book, The
1: Little Book of Big Answers for Retirement Planning Success. So give us a call. Come sit down with us. All right. Thank you, Matt. Our goal at the show here is help you make the best decision So if any questions about what we're talking about or how it may apply to your own situation, just get a hold of Ben and Matt. They're standing by 877-249-6900, 877-249-6900. Folks at SoundPath Retirement Strategies are ready to talk to you. Get on the calendar. What are you waiting for? You deserve a safe, secure retirement. One more time, 877-249-6900. I'd like to thank Matt for bringing the Cinnabons. We got to get them to, uh, they they need to sponsor the show now, guys. Am I (laughs) right (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, at this point, at this point, I think they do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk next week. Anyway, uh, the show has flown right on by. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. We hope you found the information we presented helpful. Look forward to all of you being back next week. We'll have new topics, new questions right here on Sound Path Retirement. Ben and Matt go out and have a rest, great rest of your weekend. Thanks, you, Gary Hugheswell.
2: All content is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to provide any tax or legal advice or provide the basis for any financial decisions, nor is it intended to be a projection of current or future performance or indication or future results. Opinions expressed are solely those of SoundPath, retirement strategies, and staff. The information discussed has been derived from sources believed to be reliable, but is not guaranteed as to accuracy and completeness and does not purport to be a complete analysis of the materials discussed. The information contained herein should in no way be construed or interpreted as a solicitation to sell or offer to sell advisory services to any residents of the state other than the state of Washington or where otherwise legally permitted. Topics should be discussed with your individual advisor prior to implementation. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires the review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizons. Investing always involves risk and the possible loss of capital. Soundpath Retirement Strategies is not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other
1: government agency. Advisory services offered through Soundpath Retirement Strategies, an investment advisor in the state of Washington.